This is episode 125, Less is More, featuring Allison Fors. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria, and as you already know, Deb is home taking care of her newborn baby, baby Benjamin. So it's just me right now for the intro. However, Deb is... Being Deb and thinking ahead and thanking her future self, that's what she said, is still on the podcast. We have an interview coming right up. It's with Deb and Allison Fors, and their theme that they talk about is less is more. And Allison gives some really good practical tips of how to organize all your therapy materials and how to focus on which materials you're using so you don't feel like you have to buy the whole Amazon wish list or wherever you like to get your materials. So you'll be hearing more about that coming up. But uh, so today is Memorial Day. So I just want to send everyone off to have a wonderful Memorial Day while we honor and remember those men and women who died serving in the U.S. military. So let's have a cheers to them. Cheers. That's my wine glass. Here I am drinking solo, but you know what? I'm not even going to complain about that. Why not? This is a great opportunity for me to just kick back with my wine, cheese, and broccoli. So what am I eating and drinking, you might ask? I'm having this very fancy wine. I don't, uh, I didn't purchase this wine. We received it as a gift and it's quite a nice gift. So I'm pretty impressed with the price tag and the quality of the wine. It's a Pietra Nera 2016, a Brunello di Montalcino. I like to say it like that because it's an Italian red wine and it's very nice. It uh, has hints of fruits and spices and nuances of cacao and chocolate. So I'm going to, you know, live taste test this right here. I'm going to, I'm swirling. I'm swirling. Let me smell. Definitely smell alcohol. It's a strong one. It's one of those strong, intense flavor smelling ones. So let me take that sip. Mm. I feel that little pang, uh, not a big pang. You know, sometimes when you have like intensely sweet, like usually like Riesling, it's like your tongue just shoots right up the front of your alveolar ridge. So that really indicates that it's very sweet. Where this, I did feel my tongue kind of hit the back of my alveolar ridge, but not with the same velocity and intensity as like a sweet wine. So I like this wine. I just had now some broccoli and this Wisconsin cheddar chipotle cheese. And let me tell you, this cheese is spicy and I don't have a high tolerance for spice. So anyone who might want to try this cheese, you might try and say like, oh, it's not that spicy, but for me, it's pretty spicy. So I'm taking a bite of this cheese, having this broccoli and just chasing it down right now with this wine. So I'm going to just take a little sip, take a little bite. Everyone just bear with me here. All right. Great. I feel like this is like a great way to pair broccoli with cheddar, right? Like if you think of like broccoli and cheddar soup. So why not combine it for a little like wine and cheese time. I'm into it. So I vote drink this wine 
it's a very nice dinner wine. If you want to pull up to a party now that, you know, COVID restrictions are coming a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more, still mask it up. But, you know, if you have a fancy little dinner party, you want to roll up with this Pietro Nera 2016 wine, I think that would be a good choice for a nice dinner. So definitely drink this wine. So going back to our episode and our interview that we have coming up, it's with Allison Force, and her and Deb are going to really talk about organizing your therapy and therapy materials specifically and knowing, you know, what to buy, what not to buy, what to use, what not to use. And they're going to give a nice practical tips about that. So since they're going to talk about that, I want to talk about some of my top toys or activities that I like to use. So I picked three. So I picked anything with farm animals and you might ask why. Farm animals are good because of all the sounds that they make. And then you can incorporate like music, like E-I-E-I, you know, oh, and in terms of a motor speech, there's a lot of um, like the word like cow, right? You need that lip rounding, you need lip rounding for moo and that bilabial sound or like a pig and the pig says oink, oink. And that's, you know, showing a rounding, but also a retraction and a back sound for that word oink or my favorite one sheep right working on again labial rounding a more complex x s h sounds you want to apply those sounds even for your early learners what does the sheep say ba another good word to get those lips touching opening up that mouth get that sound out so in terms of the motor speech those target words that you can use during a farm activity is great but also i've just found that kids love farms really ultimately that's another one and it's really good to of course pick something that the kids are interested in but you're also interested in and i don't want to talk too much about that because i know deb and allison get more in depth with that so that is my first choice excuse me i feel like i have some broccoli stuff in my throat here i'm gonna you know use my dysphagia knowledge here and take a, a swallow here of a thin liquid the thin liquid being this wine though so one moment while take a sip okay great Mm, yeah you know this wine tastes better as you drink it as wine does tend to do so great second one i talk about this a lot puzzles i love puzzles because you can just say a word get a puzzle do something get a puzzle i like when you can work with a client and then they like say or do something and then they get something immediately so that i feel like has that session flowing nicely and then of course the thing with puzzles is puts less demand verbally on like what they have to do they could just focus on turning it they could do it quietly allow for the processing time and keeping their hands busy but also in visuospatial memory and Also, problem solving, like, oh, this doesn't go here, right? Oh, I have to turn it. Oh, maybe it's upside down or like completing something. And then how rewarding is it when you finish a puzzle, right? I remember that as that feeling, even as an adult, when you finish a puzzle, you're like, yeah, I did this. So it's that delayed gratification. So I really like that. And then my third, I have to go with pictured verbs. Everyone knows how I feel about verbs, right? Because research has shown, look, Throwing in the research, research has shown that 
children really tend to overly use nouns and are not using verbs. So with verbs, with pictures of verbs, you can describe the sentence. You could work on the pronouns, he, she, they, you, if you're just describing what the clinician is doing or one of their peer members are doing. You could act out the different verbs. Like, let me see how you stomp. And then, oh, what are you doing? I am stomping, changing the pronoun. Um, but also you could add on, okay, you are stomping loudly, adding different adverbs. So that those will be my top three. And um, in case you have other ideas of your favorite materials, you know, of course, we can all agree to disagree. If you're not into farm animals, let us know. Post it on the gram and tag us or slide into our DM and let us know. Hey, I like farm animals too, you know. Oh, chicks are good for another for another good motor speech word. Peep, peep, working on some bilabials and some labial retractions. So you get some nice syllable shapes with farm animals. Oink, oink, ba, moo, peep. Even a goat, right? A goat can say ma. Um, so yeah, a dog, ruff, ruff, target an R sound or woof, woof, work on some lip rounding and an F. So those are my top three, farm animals, puzzles, and pictured verbs. So those are my pick. But I am going to let, <clears throat> there goes that piece of broccoli again. Man, and I'm out of wine. So let me take this final sip. And now let's get to the interview with Deb and Allison Force. Take it away. Hi, welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb, and today I'm joined by Miss Allison Force. Hi, Allison. Hello. Allison is a speech language pathologist, and she creates a ton of resources to help uh, speech therapists target a variety of goals. But today we're talking about buying less because less is more in, uh, That's right. <laughs> in the speech therapy closet. That is right. Yeah. I, so like, I've always been this way. Like I just believe less is more with everything. We're moving in a week and a half and I've been purging my house for the past like month. I just love whittling stuff down. I totally I agree. Need. When I was younger, my mom, that was like one of her things that she said all the time, like less is more. And I think I was a very concrete kid. Cause I'd be like, actually more is more. Cause <laughs> <No. laughs> I, I remember more like, stuff is more stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but now I get it. Um, and yeah, I'm the queen of moving. So getting rid of things is yeah. my favorite mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and when I see other therapists and they do like tours of their, their home office or their school or something, and they show all their, their materials. I am, I am not envious of that. Yeah. Well, I, so when I worked in schools, I never had my own room. First of all, okay. mm -hmm. I think that that was also another thing is when you don't have your own space, you're forced not to have a lot of stuff. Right. Um, and then when I was in private practice, I did have a tiny room to myself, but still I had like one shelf to put stuff on. Otherwise it was on the floor where mm -hmm. kids could get it. So it was like, I, I mean, I would have loved to have my own room in the schools. I think that would have changed my experience, but <laughs> yeah, it also helps you not collect all the little things. Absolutely. Because I, I did have um, my own room at a couple points in my, 
in-person school times. Um, and, and when I did have my own room, I did start gathering more things. Um, but for the most part, I'm a pretty simplistic therapist. I like, I, I use a lot of plain paper and Sharpies mm-hmm. and then I, and that paper ends up, ends up going in the folder or home with the kids. So I try not to hold on to too much. So how do you manage to have less? I think it's realizing what you use most of the time. And okay, well, it's like a few things. It's also not having that like shiny toy syndrome where you're like walk through Target and you're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I want it because that's going to happen. Right. <laughs> like you're going to see lots of cool stuff all the time, but being really controlled about what you buy. So kind of like my buying rules, I guess, are, is this something I can target multiple goals with? Um, how, like how di- many different ways can I use it? Mm-hmm. And um, another one is, yeah, like, like, so multiple goals or students, is it something you're going to hold on for years or is like a t- toy with a bunch of tiny parts and you're like, those are going to get lost. Right. It like within six months and then exactly. it's going to be useless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thinking about it in that way, like how are you going to use it? How many goals, how many students, is it going to hold up? Well, is it going to fit in your storage space? Things like that. Um, so those are kind of what I think about. I'm so this is like super, <laughs> I am not like a dollar spot person or like dollar Me neither. person. I am not, which I feel like is so counter, like whatever, like all the things you see all the time. Oh yeah. Um, I totally agree. Like I, all I see is a bunch of like little plastic toys that I'm going to throw away in a year, you know? Yeah. And now in these times, like, even if you have them, they're like a bunch of little plastic toys that you have to clean. Yeah. And sometimes it like occasionally the dollar spot has something really good. I'm mm-hmm. not like, I'm not hating on the dollar spot. I seriously always look like it's right there. <laughs> you look. Yeah. Well, actually Brooklyn Target does not have that dollar spot oh, that really? no, it doesn't. It's, it's, it's probably a smaller target. It is a bit smaller, but I think that they're just like, this is Brooklyn and we don't give anything away for cheap. Yeah. But maybe, um, maybe less kids. I don't know. <laughs> I see it in Jersey and stuff. So I know it exists mm-hmm. and I see it on Instagram. But um, sometimes there'll be like a little small seasonal section, um, but it's not dollars. It's it's more than one dollar. Oh, well, no, I feel like the dollar spot is not a dollar. Oh, so like no. Dollars. Okay. Yeah. Like some stuff's a dollar, some stuff's three dollars and it tends to be seasonal. Yeah. Like, like, like educational, like little toys and stuff. Yeah. So, so that's there in Brooklyn, like intermittently depending, yeah. I guess. Um, but it's not there as consistently as I think it is in other States. Do you use sensory bins or did you where, when you were in Yes, person? you did? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel I feel like that's also kind of a trick to keeping things down, like personally, because I have mm-hmm. one bin and then I have my fillers and bags and I can easily like rotate them out and like okay. throw our tick kids or our, you know, like our tick cards in. Like I, I kind of use sensory bins as a streamlining process to planning therapy. Okay. Yeah. What are your thoughts on sensory bins? <laughs> I don't like them at all. <laughs> you <don't like> them? <laughs> no. I mean, it really depends on the kids if you like. Yeah. I'm not going to pull that thing out for. (laughs) I mean, like, I think I work hard to avoid chaos in my life. And to me, like a sensory bin just looks like, what is that? Like, just like the kid about to dive in there. 
yeah I feel like it needs to be a one-on-one session yeah be a kid that's like you know is not going to go crazy crazy like it's okay if they go a little bit crazy but yeah least, like or you do in the beginning of the session where you can incorporate the cleanup as part of the session. Right. Like work on that language, getting it back in the box exactly. or something. Or if you had like a really low arousal child, I think, and you're mm-hmm. trying to get them a little bit more amplified, then. That's when I started using them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't had any really of those too much. Yeah. I get hyped kids. Well, if they're already like energy through the roof, yeah, you probably don't need to add like that type of thing yeah like sensory um, or like yeah it looks cool though I, I I like the the look of them when I see them on Instagram but I just know you know what I think that what's important and it's important when you're thinking about less is more you can also think like that's for them and it's not for me some things yeah. are not for me mm-hmm. and some things are not for you or kid no. yeah and actually, that is a good point in thinking about less is more because the longer you're a therapist, the more you get like you understand yourself as a therapist, mm-hmm. and get more comfortable in therapy. So you know how to whittle down your toys or like what to buy and what you're going to use. Because in right. the beginning, I think every therapist goes and buys all the things, right? Like the right. first year, you're just buying all the things because you're just, you're like, I need stuff. <laughs> right. And they, and they just think like, I want to be prepared, not just prepared, yes. but over-prepared. Yes. And so I want to be sure I have all this stuff. Um, I joked it, in my last presentation that I did for, I think it was South Carolina speech and hearing convention. Um, and I was like, cause I started talking about intrinsic motivation and I was like, I bet if this whole convention was a drinking game and you guys drank every time you heard intrinsic motivation, like everybody would have been wasted by now. Um, because I know everyone talks about it a lot, but when, when I talk about it, I'm like, I think you should think about not just the child's intrinsic motivation, but your own. Mm -hmm. I'm not intrinsically motivated to use toys games um and if I see a game or a toy like I bought do you know that fishing game that spins around and the pieces come up so Mm -hmm. I bought a version of that that's toy story aliens and I was like I'm gonna like this game (laughs) so I bought that game and then I used it a ton it's actually still at the school that I've never gone back to since March 12th 2020 so you haven't even like cleaned out your room or gotten anything no they haven't let us I went because I used to live in walking distance of the school. So I did go to the school one day to go get a couple things, but I was like on foot and I was holding stuff. So mm-hmm. I couldn't grab that much. I think I only took my guitars. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So I, everything, I don't even know. Just, That's crazy. And it was all like pushed and piled and stuff. So they didn't leave everything like a ghost town. They, a janitor came in there and did stuff, but yeah, I don't know if I'll ever see that game again. So, oh, so I, insane. I got it to use out of it though. <laughs> game. Um, but yeah, so I think like what you said, you, you can, after a while, look at things and be like, okay, like how often am I going to want to pull this off the shelf? Like, am I going to have a negative association with this toy or a positive one? Are kids going to request it often? Am I going to want to use it? And how like dynamic is it in terms of therapy? Yeah. And the thing is, like, if you're bored in a session, your kids are bored. So along those exactly. lines of what interests you, what are you going to have fun with? I personally cannot stand Candyland. I think I've played that game one too many times. <laughs> I don't want to play that in therapy. Like, unless yeah. a kid loves it, like, no, that's not going to be happening in my session. But some therapists love Candyland. So right. Figuring out your, like, yeah, 
your interests, what you like to do, how you like to do therapy. There's styles to everything. And it super depends on the population you're working with, right? Like what Absolutely. your materials are. Yes. So it can kind of change, like depending on your career and if you're in schools or private practice or like a snitch or the hospital, like things, it just changes. Right. So if you invest in too much, then you're just, it, you're not going to maybe have the long life use yeah. out of it than you think you're going to. Um, what was I just going to say? So like I... Oh, I like to use shoots and ladders though, because I think it helps kids cope with disappointment because <laughs> kids, kids, when you end up going down those shoots, they're just like, no, that's true. Coping with disappointment, but you're not like, you didn't lose, lose the game. Right. Not yet, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but you probably gonna. <laughs> so what, like where your go-to materials in the schools, well, what ages were you working with? So this past, I'll, I'll talk about this past year before, um, I guess I'll, I can do like before COVID and then during. So I, um, honestly will try to use if in the schools, in the elementary setting. So I was in a special needs school. So I was doing like 50, 50 push in and 50, 50, like 50, uh, pull out. Um, so I really tried to use the language and materials that was used in the classroom because these kids only qualified for this program because they weren't successful in gen ed. So I was really trying to like carry all that stuff over. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I would really use like classroom materials and then like um, something that I drew and then something like a positive reinforcement in some way. So like a game if I had it, but I really only cycled through a couple games because I like I mentioned I'm just like really not motivated to play games so I like card games and I like to use joke books and karaoke machines and instruments that's fun so when I get things for speech I tend to use things that are crafty or parts of a whole or musical Mm-hmm. So, and big parts too, like you mentioned, small parts that will just get lost don't work. But like things like Legos, like, you know, you earn a piece every time you, and then you're ultimately trying to build something. So they're not just like taking it apart and putting it back together when you're still trying to work. Um, those would be pretty much, those are my standards. Parts of a whole crafts that can get used up and taken away mm-hmm. and um, instruments that are just fun to use. And I, um, I don't get tired of them and I don't think kids do either. Yeah. What about you? Um, so what's interesting is like, I'm not a craft person. Mm-hmm. I'm not musical. Like I hate it's not singing. for you. So that, like, you're like, what works for you doesn't work for me. And that's like a great lesson in like the world of the therapy world. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so for me being, I would say like in early intervention or even like preschool, it's a lot of just toy, like open-ended toys. I'm all yeah. about the open it, like the toy farm, the playhouse, bubbles, uh, cars, like any type of vehicle with wheels. And also just like a whiteboard with a whiteboard marker. Something oh yeah. You can just like whip out and write something, uh, draw something, the kid can draw something. Um, so that's like, you know, like we're thinking a little bit older, like a whiteboard or dice. Yeah, these are all good investments that can be used in all different ways. For early intervention, I like all those 
toys where it's a container where you put pieces in. So like there's the fish tank with the fish and the colors. Mm -hmm. There's the cookie jar with the numbers. Yeah. There's like a, a chicken one with eggs and there's um, a pig with coins. So those, I like those a lot because kids will keep wanting more and then yeah. they figure out how to open the big part and get the big, <laughs> get the pieces <laughs> out. Um, but yeah, but those, those are I think are good investments. And yes. perfect for those like cause effect and yes. those first words or like modeling signs, things like that. Right. More yeah. put in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In, all done. Out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All that stuff. Yeah. So you mentioned that you read a book that kind of like changed your perspective on purchasing the 80-20 right. principles book. What's that? Yeah. I almost forgot to talk about this. Okay. Yeah. So I just read, I just finished this book. Okay. And so when thinking about this topic, I was like, oh my gosh, that fits perfectly with this topic. So the book's called the 80, 20 principle. Um, and it's a say it's like another name for it is the Pareto law, I think. Mm -hmm. And the, the principle is essentially that 80% of work we accomplish or like, like 80% of consequences come from 20% of causes. Hmm. That makes sense. And this like applies to everything in life. The book is primarily business focused. But so it's it does... saying like a small amount of things cause all the problems. Or okay. solutions okay. or like anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so like applying to anything, like even carpet. So you think that you walk on 20% of your carpeted surfaces 80% of the time. Right. Uh-huh. Um, or you... Okay, well, like applying it to speech materials, you use 20% of your speech materials 80% of the time. Oh yeah, a thousand percent on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this like lot, it's, the book is amazing. If you're into those kinds of like books, it's mm -hmm. amazing. It's, I think it's probably classified as a business book, but you can apply it to personal life, to like goal, like achieving goals, like any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but the purpose of that is to think about that in your life in whatever context you want to. So with, you know, speech materials, okay, what's my 20% that I use 80% of the time and then finding the commonalities in that, why that is, um, and using that information moving forward in your purchases. Yeah. Things like that. So it's kind of, you know, how, how to maximize all like, I don't know. Yeah. Everything. So Cause I feel like even lately, like, so I, I have all these coloring books in the coloring book series that I have used all the time. And, um, really all it is, is like giving kids the opportunity to see something and label or describe it. So eight, so 80% of the time I'm using some type of a picture to get one word label or two utterances for morphology or, three or more for syntax. And that's like the majority of all of my speech therapy, mm -hmm. whether I'm doing articulation or language or fluency even, cause I'm like, we're trying to like build up our sentence length and trying to work on our fluency shaping techniques, whether we're doing time syllable speech or stretching our sounds or whatever we're doing. Um, there's gotta be some sort of like visual there's got to be something to like start our conversation. Mm -hmm. So when you were saying that, I was thinking like, That's if I really lot. narrowed it down, yeah, pictures yeah, of some pictures. sort. And I think pictures, I mean, those are like, because visuals, like anything visual, 
like real pictures are one of my go-tos. I have this uh, real picture set from Lakeshore years ago and it's discontinued, but there's, there's different categories in them of real pictures, like emotions or even mm -hmm. like cultural things. And it's just like people in different cultures, but you can do so much with that. Like create sentences. Yeah. It's two, uh, two word utterances or talk about verbs, WH questions. Like you can do so much with them. Um, so yeah. yeah, those were definitely, those were like also one of my yeah, pictures items for sure. Yeah. Especially realistic pictures. So before we wrap up, I guess, summing up what we've said, um, our, the, our key investment, I'm okay. Let's do three key investments each. I'll go first. So I'm going to go with, like I mentioned, those early intervention toys, cause effects, put in things. There's like the pig, the fish, their Fisher price toys. Um, those that's number one. Number two is going to be, um, realistic pictures of pictured actions or pictured emotions. Um, and then number three is going to be for me personally, cause I like it. It's going to be use it up and it's gone crafts. So it could be like plain printer paper and Sharpies, or it could be oil pastels, or it could be cardstock, but things that you use up and go away. <laughs> don't, don't hold on to anything. That's no. my motto. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, cause like worksheets become so cumbersome and all these things yeah. that like they build up. So it's like, if you can integrate your speech into a craft, then you've got like a concrete representation of what you did in speech. They have something to be proud of and it's out of your sight when it's mm -hmm. done. Yeah. Take that home. Yeah. So what three things would you advise listeners to purchase? So my three things, okay. This first one might be a little bit controversial, okay. but it really helped me in the beginning with an iPad because I didn't have one like yeah. my first year. And then I finally just invested in one. It was used from this guy off like Craigslist. Mm -hmm. but I was traveling to different schools at that point. So I was carrying everything. So yeah. having different apps on an iPad was like a game changer for me. Cause I, you have just like so much at your fingertips with an for iPad. sure. Um, two, I would say, yeah, like that playhouse or like toy farm, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. If you're in, a, if you actually have like a room somewhere and you can leave something like a toy kitchen, it's also great. Or like, oh my goodness, train tracks, like a train track set mm -hmm. is like kids are obsessed with those things and you can easily give them a piece of a train track and then they can build the train and then play with it. Do more and more and go. Yep. So like any of those open-ended type toys. And then the third one, I mean, honestly, like those real picture cards, like we were talking about. Yeah. Um, and that's what got me creating my language scenes because I wanted scenes like packed with stuff. So right. I add like a ton of kids doing things and like, like there's prepositions and basic concepts all involved. And then I create the additional like WH questions you can ask. So that's like what got me on that. Cause I need it. Like, I just like having pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah pictures so open-ended you can easily use it with mixed groups or you know like a three-year-old or a 10-year-old so yeah and pictures. especially if it's just like human like it's just people then you can use it across when it's Ages. I feel like when things are started to be drawn then you're like oh that means that it's for littles yeah. but when it's photos you can use it for everyone yeah mm-hmm yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. And I hope that everyone leaves this episode 
feeling lighter. Yes. And doing less. (laughs) Simplify your life. Yes, for sure. And that concludes our show. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful and safe Memorial Day. And please rate and review us on iTunes. That would be super awesome. And you could always check out our Patreon for bonus content. Ciao.